Brian, what's good, brother? Thanks for taking the time to come on. I know we've been trying to do this for a couple of months. You're a busy man. I'm a busy man. So glad we finally got this going. Long Island native, bro, straight from New Hyde Park out in Portugal. Really excited to hear about your journey, man. So yeah, just if you get us started real quick, you know, tell us where you're from, where you're currently playing, your position, and then just want to kind of go through your journey a little bit. Yeah, so I'm originally from, like you said, New Hyde Park, New York. Um, grew up there my whole life, um, basically. So I made a move to Slovenia, and grateful enough to make another move to where I'm at right now, which is uh, Bisad. Currently playing in the second division in Portugal. Um, team's located in Lisbon. Nice, nice. Lisbon's not a bad destination, man. Yeah. It's yeah. Very nice, but if you come and, and visit, you should probably bring some sneakers because there's a lot of hills. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. A lot of walking, a lot of walking, but but I've been there. Good vibes all around. People are friendly. Yeah, um, yeah like like we talked about, definitely helps you speak Portuguese, but we'll hop into it a little bit. So yeah, if you could, you know, take us through your journey as a, you know, as a youngster in New York, where, where'd you grow up playing? How'd you develop? When did you start playing the beautiful game? Well, I started from the moment I could walk. I know my parents told me that like this little the second I started walking, I was already walking towards the ball and kicking it and always have the ball with me everywhere I went it was it was like a part of me I couldn't leave the house without a ball if I was sleeping I'd be sleeping with the ball sometimes it was just a I guess just love from from the start and um yeah and then I started playing organized uh football as at, I believe age three which is where I started playing for New High Park Wildcats um and then i played there until i was seven seven years old and i made the move to gachi who play in queens um spent a lot of years there and i think that those years at gachi um, were really fundamental for for me to become the player that i am i always say that one of the best coaches i've ever was uh paul mcglynn team he focused a lot on, on the technical aspects of the game we would play a lot of passing patterns a lot of possession games at, at a very young age and i think that helped me develop a lot technically at a at a very young age and um, the main focus he i remember he used to get really upset when we would just kick it out from the back he always wanted us to build out of the back. I know one of the nice. the number one rules for the, for the goalkeepers were they weren't allowed to on goal kicks to just kick it forward. We had to build out wow. of the back, no matter what. Even if the team was pressing, we had to build out of the back. That was that was one of the the number one rules. I think myself and team into players. Fifteen made it to, to purpose. So, well, so it was 
fundamental principle that at such a young age helped us get to, to where we are. And then I was grateful enough to get an opportunity to go play at uh, Red Bulls when I was 14 years old. I went over there and, and did a trial with them. Um, I was blessed enough to, to make the team for the under 15s. And I played there until I went to, to college um, where I ended up going to Loyola University, Maryland, which was a good sign. I think I developed a lot as a, as a player as well, in terms of tactically there, we focused a lot more on tactics. We mm. see the game differently and, and just, just overall helped me a lot. Um, even off the pitch, I think that going to, to school Help me become a better man in terms of maturing a lot faster than I feel like when I went into college as a freshman, I was really immature. I, I remember I used to skip <laughs> classes. Yeah, I could fully relate, bro. <laughs> yeah, I just had that idea that I'm just going to be here six months and for this freshman year. And mm. I feel like it was kind of a check to really start working and and fine-tuning the th my weaknesses and and just become a better person. I know that, especially my freshman year, I'd be going to bed like probably 3.30, 4 in the morning. I had training at <laughs> yeah. 7. Like I'd be wow. training and, and three hours of sleep. And it came to a point where I was like, I can't be doing this anymore. I have to be be more professional if that's which was my goal was to to be a professional footballer and and you can't you can't be doing these these things and uh and expect to be a professional and um yeah so i i stayed there for for four seasons um then in 2020 i graduated to, to get drafted, hopefully, by a team in the MLS draft. Draft sent me going in the first round, the second round. Draft day came around. After the first round, my name wasn't picked. Second round went on, my name wasn't picked. I waited a couple of days for, for the third and fourth round. And third round, my name wasn't picked. Fourth round name wasn't picked draft was over and I went undrafted and uh, I feel like that was another reality check for, for myself in terms mm. of seeing that I really truly believed that that I was capable of of at least having a chance or or getting a chance to go to preseason with a team and show my capabilities it just made me made me want it more built like a even more fire in myself to to chase my dream and, and prove prove all these teams that that they they missed out on yeah yeah i love that well, not to interrupt you but 
you know, you explained it a little bit, but what, what was your overall reaction to that? Obviously, like you said, you know, you were expecting to get drafted, but, you know, I like to always go into the mental aspect because I think that's the most important part of, of becoming a pro and being a pro. I think the most important part is not letting your emotions get the best of you and just continuing to do the right things and stay on the right track. And eventually, if you are good enough, which obviously you are, you're going to get there. And I, I think it's it's about persistence, grit, and consistency. I think those are the three most important words because, you know, me and you, we probably know a lot of players, you know, who are unbelievable talents, you know, and they, you know, maybe some of them got babied, you know, they got treated maybe overly well. And then once they hit an obstacle, it was like, you know what, I think it's, think it's enough, I think it's time to hang the boots up. So what, what was your reaction to that? Because obviously you, you're at a good level right now. So you, you've gotten past that. I'm sure you've hit some more obstacles, which we'll speak about in the later conversation. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously when after that fourth round, I was obviously upset. Like you said, like, is this even worth it? And, Maybe I'm not good enough. Obviously, these these thoughts start start going through your head um, when when you expect something and it doesn't come out. But I remember sit, sitting on my couch, just head down, my like eyes watery because I I was just upset that that my dream. I felt like I it was like a a failure to a certain extent. And mm. Telling me that. This, this is just a bump in the road. You, if these teams don't want you, that doesn't mean that, that you have to stop playing. You have to keep going and, and show people like what you're capable of. And I feel like that was, I took two days to reflect, a couple of days to reflect on, on what happened. And I think that's when I flipped the switch and I decided, yeah, I mean, definitely capable of, of playing at this level so i'm just gonna have to train as hard as possible and when the opportunity comes i'm gonna be ready and i'm gonna take it it was it was simple as that so i would start doing basically doing two a days field in the morning shooting and just uh sniff the ball little sprints and training like that Afternoon, long runs just to build endurance. Doing that until I finally got the call to to go to preseason, which was with Bull Two at that time. So yeah, it was definitely a little bit. It was like a challenge mentally, but I feel like you just have to overcome these obstacles and, and just keep believing in yourself. And that's, that's mm. what, what I did. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one thing you said there that that's, you know, hugely important is, you know, it sounded like your parents, you know, have supported you. Have you always felt that support from them? I mean, you, you told me before that, you know, every single one of your family members grew up in Portugal, except yourself. So obviously they have that football culture with, within them have they always supported uh you know your football and your dream of becoming a pro yeah i mean my parents 
are definitely probably the main reason that I'm here. They've so much for me growing in terms of making sure that I'm at practice all the time. They took a great pride in, in getting me to every every training and I take pride in that as well that I can say that when I was growing up it was very very rare for me to miss a single session even now I feel like I, I'm still like that um, I could be I could have a little knock and, and stuff like that and I know some players would probably just sit out with with a little knock but mentally I, I that's just not how I grew up I, I love training and, and doing everything and I'm always there and, and I take pride in, in being at every session at, at all times. And my parents are, are a great, a big part of that. I know um, my dad would, would leave work, especially when I was playing at Gachi since it was in Queens, it was 30, 45 minutes with, with traffic, sometimes an hour. So my dad had to, to leave work early and uh, took that sacrifice of leaving early. And then basically to to make ends meet, my mom, since my dad was leaving early from, from work, my mom would sacrifice and, and she'd work kind of a, a double shift um, at her job to, to make up that that money lost and that uh, basically my dad was, was losing from leaving work early. Basically mm-hmm. every day. If it wasn't as my dad to stay at work would, would sacrifice and she would leave early to just to take me to practice and I feel like that's the sacrifice that they made my whole childhood and, and I'm very grateful that, that they did that because if it wasn't for them I, I feel like I wouldn't be where I'm at right now and I feel like it's it's pretty cliche to say that about your parents I feel like everyone says that but in in my circumstance they they truly helped me um get to and reach my my dream basically um with all their sacrifice that that they they made while i was growing up yeah that's unreal bro and and i think a lot of you know it's easy for people you know for example if you speak about something it's easy for someone to say oh you know that's cliche But the truth is, you know, cliche sayings, things that are cliche are cliche for a reason. They work, you know, but the hardest thing is to put the action in, you know, and and, and like you said, you know, you mastered the art of showing up every single day. You still do that till this day. And, you know, I'm sure, I mean, you can answer this for me, but, you know, I've had a lot of, you know, guys and girls on the podcast and there are some specific ones that have said, you know, a lot of the reason, the deep why you know, that they do it is to, you know, you know, not, you know, obviously you do it for yourself, but in a way to pay back your parents for all they gave to yeah. you. So do you, do you find, is that a motivation and a why for you to, you know, keep, keep working hard and keep, you know, pursuing the next level? Yeah, for sure. Um, sometimes the life of a pro isn't always basically sunshine and rainbows. Um, there's sometimes where difficult and dark time, especially when you're, you're not performing to your capabilities and, and you just can't get over that. Something like 
just the the simple fact of thinking about I got to keep going because if my parents were able to to sacrifice so much, I can't just give up yet. I have to keep going. Um, I have to show up. I have to always work my hardest because what sometimes I even think about it's not in terms of playing you're training what probably 90 minutes to two hours and it's just two hours of work basically compared to my mom working a double shift which is 16 hours of work like that's that's true that's true that's truly hard that's hard work i mean if if i can't sacrifice two two hours of of my time working at my max and my mom can sacrifice all those hours at her max just to to help me reach the the point that i'm at right now i feel like it just wouldn't be just and and i feel like that those things i definitely think about when when i'm kind of even when i see myself slacking off a bit i i flip that switch just thinking about that and and i tell myself like you have to you have to work harder that you're not you're not working at your max and and that's mm-hmm. acceptable i feel like mm. you have to always work at your max and especially when i think of when i'm playing if i'm technically not on on a, on a day like maybe my shooting isn't on or my passing is off like okay i feel like that happens to everyone but in terms of work ethic with me, I feel like it's unacceptable to, to not be working at 100%. That's something that you can control and, and, and stuff like that. Missing, missing shots one day, that's, that's okay, that happens. But not showing up and working at your, your max, I feel like that in, in my books and to me personally, I, I don't accept that for myself. So it's something that's helped me get to to this point. Mm. Yeah, dude, that, that that's so well said. You know, two things I want to cover there. I mean, you know, I, I think the, you know, one one of the most the best ways to get motivated is to just change your perspective. You know, like you said, and that's the main reason I have this podcast. You know, professional football isn't all sunshine and rainbows. It's easy to post Instagram pictures with a jersey of you signing at a club. But no one sees that work that's been put behind those closed doors. And the main reason I have this is because there's a lot of young young players who have the dream, but it's so easy to talk about it. But doing those actions every single day, and like you said, you know, showing up every single day, no matter what, getting on that pitch is the hardest part. So, you know, when you have that ability, you know, when you hit lows, you know, being able to change the perspective and, and finding the why for why you do it. And then also putting yourself in, in your loved one's shoes as well and, and seeing how much they've sacrificed for you. You just say to yourself, it's like, you know what, they've done that for me. This this isn't that hard, you know. And I think that, you know, correlates to your second point where it's, you know, you're not going to be on every single day. You're not going to be at 100% sharp every single day. But you can control your work ethic. You can control, you know making that last, that last, uh, minute sprint, you know, tracking back, make constantly making those runs, especially as a, as a striker, constantly making those runs. If you're not getting the ball, 
you know, but then, you know, you make 10 runs, nine of them, you don't get the ball. The 10th one, you get that ball slipped in, you know, you score a goal for your team and it's one nil. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's huge. So, you know, I think you've, you've said you do a lot of it uh, for your parents, but where do you think you kind of develop that work ethic? Do you think it's by, uh, do you think it was from watching, watching your parents put in, put in the work to, to give you a, a, a good football future? And then that ability to, because you, you've played at some great clubs, you got Gachi and, and New York Red Bulls. Do you think you, all that combined is where you developed your work ethic? Yeah, I think it's just basically, I feel like my parents have blue collar jobs, um, just seeing them work so hard and, and stuff like that. I think it's, it's instilled. Basically, I think it's just from, from working. It's really giving mm. example of just working. Love it. Doing your best at all times. Mm. Love it. So yeah, like you said, you spent four years at Loyola, and you know, I think, you know, you probably have seen it in Europe. I think it's getting better. You know, since we have a lot of Americans, you know, doing much better throughout the European scene. But you know, can you ex- you know, you explain that you you got better tactically at Loyola. You, you improved as a player. So for the Europeans who are wondering how college soccer is, how would you explain it? How, how do you think it helped you improve? And would you recommend a European player to pursue college and then the possibility of playing professionally in the U.S.? What would be your take since you spent some time in Europe and you obviously spent four years at a, at a great D1 school? Yeah, I mean, for me, one of the main reasons I stayed outside of the football aspect, I I feel like it was very important for me to to graduate from from school and have that quote unquote backup plan, and uh, I think that that's one of the one of the main reasons because at the end of the day, you never know that what can happen on the field. It's it's a contact sport. Sometimes you have injuries that aren't even contact, like ACL injuries and, and stuff like that, and uh, one day to, to the next you can be on the field and then the next day you're not on the yeah. field and, and you don't have much if, if you don't have that. So in in my in my eyes that was one of the the main reasons why why I wanted to, to continue and, and stay. But in terms of tactical side and, and stuff, um I think I was lucky enough to, to have a coach uh and Steve Nichols and assistant coach like uh, Mike Marciano, who's now the head coach at Drexel, um, to to train and and coach us. Um, sessions were were very tactical based. Freshman year, in terms of we played a four three three, and then later on, I think my junior year, and my senior year, we ended up playing a three five two which put me in a different type of playing system. I, I grew up playing the, the 4-3-3 and just playing a different system in the in 3-5-2. It, uh, it allowed me to, to be able to work with another striker, which was something that, that I wasn't used to playing in a, in a two. Um, it made me, made me see the game differently. Um, 
different runs and we'll work with another, another forward. If he checks in, I'll make the running behind, vice versa. Little things like that, it, it, I feel like it, it helped me improve uh, in my game. And especially, I feel like that, that's an important aspect because um, you never know what coach likes what formation. So the fact that, that I was able to, to get that background in a, in a two front and, and obviously in a four through three and, and one nine, being a, be able to adapt to different formations and, and see the game and know to work in within these these systems. So I feel like that helped a lot. And then I also had the chance when I was growing up playing at Red Bulls and Gachi trainings were always in the afternoon. But since I was at school, basically from seven to three, I would just eat something real quick on the phone to, to training. And by the time I got home, especially at Red Bulls, it was 45 minutes to get there. So if our trainings were at six, it would probably end at around eight. I'd get home at around 10. It was basically going straight to bed, getting home, eating something real quick, going straight to bed and just repeat. There wasn't any time for for me to to do any extra work, and I feel like at, at school at, at university, um, I tried my best to to block off the the whole morning and only have classes in the afternoon. For you train at eight, we'd end at ten, and I'd have basically an hour, hour and a half to myself where I could work on on different things in in terms of finishing and and other things that I wanted to work on even going to the gym and, and stuff like that, working on, on these different things. It was definitely something that, that helped me develop more than, uh, than, than what I was used to. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, that basically taught you probably how, how to live like a pro, you know, where, where you're at right now and, and taught you those habits. With, with that being said, you know, after after playing at Loyola, you said, you know, you had that time where you didn't get drafted and you were upset. And then you made that move to Red Bulls, and that's when you signed your first uh, pro contract, right, at Red Bulls too? Okay. Red Bull, so they invited me to preseason with, with them. Preseason, made it. Made it through the whole preseason, but they told me they still weren't too sure about signing me. Um, they were looking at other other people uh, options. And, uh, basically, they but they still wanted to keep me around because uh, I guess I was performing well, and, and they weren't a hundred percent. So I was basically just training with them. Um, the first week of the season started, I was still with them, and then. Going into the second week was when COVID hit. So everything was shut down. I remember, I still remember when we were out there at training and one of the guys went inside and uh, a couple of guys stayed out um, doing extra stuff. I was out there just uh, basically doing finishing. And one of the guys that went inside came back out and said that, oh, they, they just, uh, canceled the season not, not the season but they just basically put a pause to the season because of covid wow. 
so there's no game tomorrow. And then obviously it was basically everybody was trying to figure out like what was going on. They ended up sending us all home. Um, the season was basically put on pause. And uh, so I basically, it was basically a month, month and a half. I don't remember exactly how long it was that that pause was, but we were basically doing Zoom workouts and they were sending like running drills and, and all these, these things. Um, for us to be doing while we were at home. And I remember when they decided that they could hold basically individual trainings. They were having like a, they had a Zoom call for the, the whole first team and the second team for what was gonna go on when when, when they came back, they, like where they could park and all these different protocols that they had to follow step-by-step. Step. Mm. Um, basically at the end of that, Zoom call at the end, which told me that basically since COVID, obviously the funds were, were took a pretty bad hit. Or he uh, he said that they weren't going to sign anybody, and they were going to stay with the current guys that were already signed, and just instead of signing more players, that they were just going to use the the academy guys. So mm. he basically told me that. I didn't have a contract. Basically, where just you see upset again because no team. It was during COVID, so no teams were having trial. It was basically just whoever has a team, you're able to train, and whoever doesn't, basically, you don't really know when when your next trial can be or or your next opportunity. So I went back to to training on my own and, and grinding. Those months of just training on my own for definitely some of the darkest I feel like times in terms of mentally mm. at the end looking back now, I feel like it helped me mentally a lot. I feel like I'm a lot stronger mentally thanks to mm. just always being able to get up and, and telling myself that you have to do the work, put in the work because it's all gonna be worth it and in a couple mm. months time. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I love that dude and, and you know there there's training individually is unbelievable it's excellent but it has to be obviously it's a supplement the team training to supplement the games to improving as a footballer and i think one of the most difficult things like you said there is you know you got a team you know you're doing well you're playing well um you have something to look forward to 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 put all the training that you've done you know individually and with your team into the game and then you know unfortunately you get that that message from from the coach but yeah, I mean, I, I think, like you said, I mean, just like we talked about before, it's easy to read mental toughness books. It's easy to read quotes. But, you know, when you go to the wall, the weather is not great. It's just you and a ball. You know, you're working on your first touch or, you, you know, you're in the rain, you know, working on, on shooting or, or dribbling work, stuff like that. You're going to the gym late nights. That's when you really build that mental toughness. You know, that's when you really build build your mind. So. 
how, how long were you doing that? You know, how long were you training individually before you got that opportunity in Slovenia? Um, I was doing that from, I think, in late June. I was doing that for four months. September came over here to to Portugal to go on trial with a couple of teams in the in the second division and stuff. But it it basically was just training. They they weren't really looking for, for anything. It was basically just I had to do I felt like I had to do something really spectacular to, to be able to to get on those teams. Like mm. first trial showed up I felt like I was training well. But obviously, these guys were were playing games and and were hardy. Um, fitness and when you come in, just working individually, I feel like no matter how many miles or how many sprints you do on your own, it's there's nothing like that playing fitness mm. and, and soccer. It's it's not the same. So I felt like I was obviously a little step behind in terms of that fitness with them. But even I, I was able to play. A, game with them on the weekend like a friendly game and came in if it was zero zero I ended up scoring one of the goals and assisting on the other one and I went home basically just I was with my dad and I was telling him I was like I'm confident I like I did pretty well in, in trainings I scored assisted one like they won the game two nothing basically I was I don't know what else I felt like yeah. so confident that, that I was going to make yeah. it. And then a couple of days later, they called and they're like, uh, no, we're not going to sign you. Um, nothing, nothing against you, but uh, we're just going to stay with, with the team now and, and stuff like that. And after that, obviously was upset again. And uh, basically it was just, just stayed here a couple of months, um, just training with uh, my uncle was playing in the in the fifth division. So I was basically just training with his team and living with my family here, just so I could have team training somewhere. Because, um, like I said, that that soccer fitness and that that team mm-hmm. training is always always better than than going on your own. Um, and then basically I just did that until, uh, January, February, when the USL teams opened up again and, and I got a couple of invites to, to a couple of preseasons and, uh, I went, I went to preseason with Phoenix rising to see if I, if I would make it there. And, um, I trained there the, a week, same thing. After a week, they called me and they, they said, we're not going to sign you. Um, you're not the the type of forward that we're looking for right now. And I just thanked them and said, I appreciate you inviting me um, to this trial and, and everything. Wish you guys all the best. And then a couple of days later, probably three, four days later, I got a call from, from, uh, from someone telling me uh, that, he knew a coach that was going over to Slovenia to coach in the second division, and he was interested in uh, in taking me over to uh, to Slovenia with him. Um, and at first, I basically 
just laughed it off. I, I, I was basically, yeah. like, I don't know if I, I want to go to Slovenia. Um, it's not, obviously, it's not that glamorous but yeah. of a country to yeah. play. Obviously, you, you want to be playing countries like Germany, Italy, myself, Portugal, Spain, England. So when you get an opportunity from, from a country like Slovenia, which isn't really known, um, at least wasn't really known. It was something that wasn't interested at first. But then obviously sitting down and talking to my parents, they told me it's an opportunity. It's, it's better than basically exactly. it's training on your own and going on trials. Like this is a contract already set you don't have to go there on, on trial like you have a contract it's it's there you're going to get there and you're on the team and you're going to be able to showcase the your capabilities and it could you never know it could open up more doors exactly so other other countries or or even to 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 just reach the the point that that you envision yourself in reaching and uh mm -hmm. that's when I, after a couple of weeks i called uh the assistant at the time, which was uh, Zeb Kabashi, um, and told him that that all right, I'll I'll head over there, and I ended up signing the contract and, and went there, in June of of twenty twenty one. So yeah, that's that's awesome, dude. Uh, you know, I want to go into that a little bit and I'm sure Slovenia surprised you. I haven't been there, but I want to go out here. It's a beautiful country, but, um, you know, you don't have to say the name of the person who gave you that connection, but how did you build that connection with the person that, um, recommended you to this club? Oh, um, the guy that recommended me was, uh, his name is David Harris. I, yeah, I know him. Yeah, I know. He's a, he's a top. Yeah. He, uh, Legend. He didn't. I didn't know him personally before, but I know he tried to, to get me on a couple of uh, summer teams with him. But since I was connected with uh, Red Bull, I would spend more summers playing with the under-23s. So I know he a couple of summers he, he tried to get me to go play with, with a couple of teams in, in Long Island and basically just, just kept that connection. And he's just such a great guy. He, he knows... He's, he's someone that, that told me even, even when sometimes I, I doubted myself, he, he even told me that he, he believes in me and, and, and sees that I have, I have the capability to, to play at a much higher level. And, and he wants to, he wanted to do all he could to, to help me reach that, that potential that he sees in me. And these are the type of people that, that you need around you. They, they help you. They give you this boost and, and I'm grateful. He was he was there and he's helped me to get that Slovenia contract because if I never if I never went I wouldn't be sitting here in Portugal playing in the second league I probably would still be playing the Cosmopolitan League in New York for mm. so I'm, I'm extremely grateful for for everything he's done with me so. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you you need these these little blessings, especially for me. I feel like 
it came at a time where where I wasn't getting any any blessings. So it was I was basically oh, always getting no's and and just having people doubt me. So it was mm. good to, to have someone in my corner. Yeah, no, I love that, dude. And just like you said, I mean, from the beginning of the conversation, you you had built that mentality of of constantly showing up, always being on the pitch. And, you know, you wouldn't have had this connection with David Harris if you didn't show up and you weren't playing at a top team like Red Bulls. So that's kind of the moral of the story for, for youngsters. Like, you know, people will think, oh, yeah, there's some secret or some hack to play professionally, but as you've heard from Brian's story, as you've heard from a lot of other, you know, athletes, probably most athletes that I've had on the podcast, it's, it's, you're going to hear a lot of no's before you hear that. Yes. And uh, the only way, the only way to hear that yes is by preparing for the opportunity, like you said you were doing, and then just constantly being a professional on and off the pitch to build the the right connections, you know? So yeah, man, uh, great to hear. And then you, you went over to Slovenia, you scored, what, 19 goals in, in, in 35 games. So you did pretty well for yourself, huh? Yeah. It was, uh, even when I got there, um, the head coach at the time told me to basically, there was going to be, he didn't expect me to come in and, and score goals right away. And uh, just basically, he, he thought that, at the t- I say he thought, he, because at the time I, I started the season, scoring so it was it was something that he didn't really expect he thought that I was going to need kind of a adaptation period which uh which thankfully I was able to to jump in and and get to scoring goals right away and I I think it helped my confidence um definitely to to just basically kickstart um my my career there um even faster um but yeah, it was it was very very good. I think that the fact that scoring in that in that first first league match um, it definitely helped me in terms of confidence for for the rest of the season. And and it was it was a good season. Um, wish we we finished higher. The, the league is is pretty competitive. Um, I feel like it definitely surpassed the my expectations, like I said earlier, when I, when I got mm. to go to Slovenia, I didn't think it was going to be as good quality, but it was, it was a lot better than, than I expected, and I'm glad it was. And like you said, um, I know you, you mentioned that you want to go there because you heard it's beautiful, and, and it is a, a very beautiful country. Um, people are, are nice there. Um, I've never had any any. I didn't have any bad experiences there, to to be honest. It's awesome. Um, I know, obviously, they speak Slovenian there, and, and I didn't speak any Slovenian. And, and just the fact that I, I would make a little effort to to say different words in Slovenian, um, I feel like they they appreciated that a lot, and and they they basically just helped me, and and just just because I was giving that little bit of effort, I feel like they they could see that, that I was trying and, and they were really nice about it and, and stuff like that. So it was, it was a great experience. And yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend 
anybody that they get the opportunity to go there they should they should definitely head over there and check it mm. out it's, it's it's awesome. a lot of nice nature yeah yeah very nice yeah. nature um even even the city Ljubljana um, is really nice i know it was a bit difficult for me because i didn't have a car to, to head out there as, as as much as i wanted to but times that i was able to go out there it was it was really nice just to walk around the city um, then you have Lake Bled, which is very beautiful. Um, and then, like you said, just a, a lot, a lot of different, um, places that you can go hiking and, and go on trails. Um, mm. and yeah, it was, it was awesome. a lot of beautiful women as well. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that always helps. So, yeah, man, how was, like you said, you know, um, you kind of surpassed your expectations, you know, Slovenia. And, and I think that's that's always great when you go into a place with, with lower or, you know, no expectations. How were the guys there? Were they accepting? Uh, how did you, you know, integrate into the team? How was that? Did that take some time? Or, I mean, obviously, once you started banging goals, I'm sure they were your boy, you know. Yeah. Um no, I, I feel like the second that I got there, they, they were really accepting and they, they would help a lot. I know the first couple of weeks when I was just getting adjusted to to my apartment and stuff, uh, a bunch of guys, a handful of them would, uh, would reach out and ask me, do you need anything? Um, do you need me to, to take you to the grocery store and help you out? Um, you, like if you need something, just let me know. They're they're really understanding and and really really helpful in that part. And I feel like it it helped uh, build that bond. Um, even even when they went out, like after our one of our first preseason game, um, they they didn't hesitate to to ask me to. They're like basically just said, oh, we're gonna head out to to this place. Um, like, do you want to join? And just simple things like that at the time basically mm. I was basically a stranger to them and and I know sometimes um you don't really invite the the new person out but with them it, it wasn't like that they they were very inviting and and they made me feel comfortable the second I got there um until the second I left um they were that's they awesome were great in that term um very friendly and, and I think it it showed and I feel like I definitely also played a part in me adapting even faster than than usual and, and being able to mm -hmm. to play at my best right from the start because i felt like i was already making bonds with with all the all the players in, in the locker room mm. yeah 100 percent, dude i mean i i think you know it's super underrated and you know as i get older and play on more teams and in more countries i realize you know and I've talked about it with tons of my friends who are pros all around the world. You know, the happier you are off the pitch, the better along you get with your teammates off the pitch, the better you are on the pitch. You know, even if you're pros, you're making money, you know, that chemistry, that bond just helps you you guys play better. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think it's so important to, you know, for the for the listeners the youngsters, whether you're you're playing, you know, club, whether you're playing college or high school or professional, you know, you want to try to integrate yourself into the group, you know, and, and I think a key thing that you said is like you were trying to, you know, assimilate your cult, your 
assimilate yourself into the culture, you know, right away and as soon as possible. And, you know, when I first came over to Europe, I noticed something, um, you know, I, I'm, I hope it's changed with a lot of Americans, but, you know, I had noticed a lot of Americans were coming over to, you know, to clubs and they were just, you know, acting American in a sense, you know, like overboard and not trying to assimilate into the culture. And I think a lot of locals, what I've noticed, whether, you know, I was in Germany, Sweden, uh, Israel, or Latvia, when you don't respect the culture, um, people, you know, look at you in the wrong light and that can, you know, give you, a, uh, you know, a bad name. So I think it's so important to try to get used to the cultural norms and, and really get into the group and then be able to create, you know, create friendships and that, that bond, you know, off the field, which you said is going to help you on the field, you know, because obviously, you know, the most important part, especially as a striker is to have good communication with your teammates to get the ball in the right place. So like you said, I'm sure that comfort off the field really helped you show your quality on the field. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And me personally, my personality, sometimes I'm kind of more quiet person. I'm, I'm not the, the guy in the locker room that that's singing and, and just talking to everyone. I'm more, I, keep, I like to keep to myself and, and in my corner. So the fact that, that they, they even reached out their hands and, and made me feel more comfortable. I feel like it, in terms of in the locker room and, and bonding with these guys, it kind of broke me out of my shell a little bit faster. Mm, that's awesome. And it, and it definitely helped out. Um, I really appreciated it. And mm, sure. I wish them all the best. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so you spent you spent one season there before making your your move to Portugal. Yeah, I spent one one season and matches in, in the second season. Second season. Mm. Here to to my current team on transfer deadline day. So wow. Stuff. Yeah, and how that move come about? Help uh, the help of an agent, or just based off of connections uh, from the past? Yeah, so basically, I, I met my current agents um, from my agency Oxy Sports um, during uh, during the summer. Basically, put up a season. I felt like I I needed some sort of agent behind me to, to help me make a, a move somewhere um and just basically them work on the on the deals behind the doors and just have myself focus on on soccer because i felt like at the time i was focusing on soccer and then obviously you want to make a move to to a better better team and you're always thinking about this and, and if you don't have an agent it's basically on yourself i feel like i don't want to spend my time focusing on on those aspects of the game i just want to focus on the most important which is my performance and me doing my best on the field because if i'm not doing the best on the field then those opportunities aren't going to arise so mm -hmm. i felt like it was best to to uh, join an agency and and meet an agent and um basically was uh my dad was talking with someone 
back home that knew knew an agent here in Portugal, um, put me in contact. I met with them. They felt like I, we had a good connection. And I uh, ended up deciding to, to sign with them. And uh, I signed with them basically at the start of the season and, and so the second season of in Slovenia. And after a couple of months, they, they were able to work out um, this deal and, and uh, mm. jumped on it because nice. at the end of the day, um, going from Slovenian second division to Portugal second division is, is a big jump. And that's the type of jump that you want to make always sure. to, to make that, that jump one step higher to, to reach the, the highest level possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, a key thing that you said there, I mean, I think one of the biggest, um, I think one of the biggest parts an agent plays in, in a player's career is, you know, you have them do the thinking and you just focus on the playing, like you said, because I think, you know, I've been in a situation where I'm negotiating deals, negotiating money, mm-hmm. and then I'm thinking about playing as well. And it just makes no sense. So I think, you know, uh, once you get to that level, I think it's definitely important, you know, and when you're putting up the numbers you did and you have the highlights, I think it's definitely important to find someone that, you know, you, you trust. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, so how's the, how, how's the, the adaptation been to, to Portugal? How's the, how's the level over there? I mean, how's everything been over there? Personally, I feel like it, it wasn't the greatest season in, in, my, in my eyes, in my mind. I always am kind of a perfectionist. Mm. The type of the season that I'm doing this year, the season I'm doing this year, it's kind of disappointing on myself. I think adaptation period that they expected me to have in Slovenia, I feel like felt like actually adaptation period here in Portugal. Um, the level was, was a little bit faster. Players was, was a little bit higher. Could really tell when I first got here. It definitely took me a couple of months to to even feel like myself. Um, mm. I was I even spoke with my friends from home basically Feel like I understand these guys at the top level. Um, you see some guys make the move to, to these prem teams, and people are on Twitter um, talking poorly about them and their recent performances and stands. Mm-hmm. And, and it really goes to. I really started thinking about like these guys are are just having an adaptation period, which is something that that's normal. You go from one mm-hmm. one climate, one style of football. Um, that's completely different to the one that you're at now. It's it, it takes time to to adjust and even just feel comfortable, like just just being in a new apartment, being in a, a new atmosphere. The guys are for me. It was easier in terms of lo- the locker room because I, I speak Portuguese and I grew up speaking it. But just adapting to these things and seeing just being in a different environment, like walking outside your apartment and it's not the same as last year or, or even just a couple mm. of weeks ago. It's just a, a complete difference. Um, 
Pennsylvania. I was living in a in a smaller type of uh, city, kind of more of like a, a village type. So you wouldn't really see as many people like here in Lisbon. It's a lot more of um, mm -hmm. a city. So you see a lot more people on, on the street and, and stuff like that. And just these, these little things that people take for granted that, that they don't really think about. Absolutely. They just think it's all oh, at the end of the day, it's just, just football and, and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's really, mm -hmm. you have to feel comfortable to, to play at your best. And, and I feel like I, I really feel like I started started getting better and 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 stuff like that and and in training I felt like I was starting to, to perform better and and even now I feel a lot more comfortable than than what I was uh probably six months ago when when I first got here mm -hmm. for sure for sure yeah I mean I mean like you said it's you know it's so easy to to criticize and be a keyboard warrior um and and you know speak about oh yeah this this guy's getting more money why is he playing poorly but if they've never been in the shoes of, of of a pro and moving country to country you know even year by year you, you can't talk about it because like you said i mean i think the you know the familiarity of the place plays a huge role you know and then it takes time to get in into that comfort zone into the flow of the training even though you speak the same language still just getting used to hearing the language on the pitch so yeah, I I one hundred percent agree. So, uh, how many games do you guys have left uh, this season? Oh, we have two games. So we have one wow. tomorrow, and then uh, we have one next week. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it hasn't been the the best season for for the team. We're in the playoffs for for relegation. If we win the next two matches, we'll. Mm -hmm. The team in front of us lose one of their match, next two matches. We'll mm. stay in the second division, so it's going to be a, a fight and a grind. These next yeah, matches. Yeah, I think that's the the beauty of of European football. It's it's something exactly. that you don't really experience in the in the U.S. in terms of the MLS. So at the end of the season, some games they kind of don't really matter. Teams, yeah. 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 Definitely something that's new to me, but but it's also yeah at the same time. Mm -hmm. Much more. These are the type of goals that you mm. yeah do your best and show what you're capable. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think like you said, that makes the beauty of European football. You know, I think you know a lot of players who just play in the U.S. They don't feel that that excitement to promote or, or that pressure to be relegated you know actually one of my one of my best friends was playing in israel for many years and he got a you know in the first league 
And then he got a trial at, at MLS at one of the better teams. And I asked him, you know, how his training been? And he's like, dude, it's honestly terrible. He's like, you know, the guys are, are great players, but they don't take it as seriously as Israel because there's no pressure, you know? And uh, that really, you know, opened my eyes as well to that. So it's it's definitely interesting. Who knows if, if the U.S. will ever adapt, you know, to, to the promotion relegation. But we all hope, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think it's just more difficult in terms of exactly 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 yeah exactly yeah feel like bring more fans and exactly yeah mhm more of a football culture so yeah i mean as we as we get towards the end of the interview i just you know, a couple, couple more questions. Um, you know, if you could just share like a typical day in the life, you know, right now in Portugal, just, I like to see like youngsters to see how, how you treat yourself on and off the field and just a, a typical day in the life of a pro, you know, just give them a little, uh, what you do day to day. So for myself personally, I'll, I'll get up at 7.45. Uh, first thing I do, I, get up and hop in, in the shower and take a cold shower. Um, I've been doing that for the past six months and, and I feel like it's, it's something that, that I just feel better when, when I do it. So something that I've been doing daily, every day, I'll, I'll hop in there, I'll put on the timer for, for five minutes and, and then hop out, just obviously brush my teeth, make, uh, make breakfast, usually have some sort of, of bread with with some jam um, or some oatmeal with, with some fruit. And then um, around 8.45, I'll head over to, to the training facility where we're supposed to arrive at, at 9.30, but I usually arrive at around 9.05, 9.15. I like to, to be early. That's, that's something I also take pride in is I, I don't think that anybody should, should be late. I think punctuality is, is something very important. So basically just try and get in at, at around those times. And um, I also don't want to get fined. That's another thing in, in pro sports. Um, there's fines <laughs> for, for almost everything. So and just nice way to, to avoid those, those things. Um, then I'll, I'll basically just get ready. If I feel like I, I need to do some mobility, I'll do mobility. Um, just hang around basically in the locker room. There's always something going on, um, always conversations going on. Just just basically do do, do those things. Um, training starts at 10.30, so head out to the field, play some two-touch, then train. After training, I like to probably three, three, four days of the, of the week, I'll, I'll do a little core, uh, core, uh, exercises and then just do that. Basically just, I, I think that core strength is, is very important for footballers and, and it's something that, that you should focus on. And I, it's just something that, that I enjoy to do. And then basically, the, the good thing about being a pro is is 
your your work is is just football so after that you basically have your whole afternoons always free um i like to to do different activities um i'm i'm pretty close with with three of the guys on the team so we usually head out to to lunch together um like yesterday we had we had lunch together and we we went bowling after just to to hang out and and it's I feel like that that's important building connections with with guys on your team and and these things definitely help um mm-hmm. it's a lot better than just going home and and laying on the couch all day watching Netflix so it's it's nice to have a couple a group of guys that that you're that you're friends with and and you're able to to do things in the afternoon um so basically just just do that lunch and and hang out with 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 friends and then i'll probably get home around four five o'clock i'll sometimes if if i feel like the the session was light i'll go to go do gym work at, at the gym uh near my house um if I felt like it was a more difficult session and I'm, I'm more tired, I'll, I'll hang around and, and watch some TV um, and then just basically make dinner at, at 7. Um, mm. 7.30 is, is when I usually like to have, have my dinner. And then um, watch games. If there are games on, I'll, I'll toss them on. And then basically around... 9:30 I'll, or 10 I'll, I'll shut off the TV head head out to brush my teeth and and stuff like that read read a book um a couple couple of pages before I I head to bed I'll try to be in bed by 10:30 10:45 and then just basically repeat everything mm-hmm. yeah 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 man that's uh really solid you know like you said I mean seem seems so sexy from the outside from a lot of people wondering and they yeah. want to see the vlogs and they want to see the uh the the beautiful things but you know the life of a pro is just you know like you described routine disciplined yeah. uh and just doing the simple and the little things every day repeatedly you know so yeah man uh appreciate it a lot uh you know really appreciated this interview man uh just want to you know finish off with a couple quick fire questions and then ask you the last question. So, uh, yeah, answer these in as, as little words as you, as you want. So, uh, best player you've ever played against. Uh, it'd probably be Weston McKinney played on are you 16 year in the national championship? And yeah, he, you saw his potential then. Yeah. Yeah. What did, what did you notice, you know, the difference between him and, and, and the other players? Um, just his physical ability, like his first, the first goal he scored, he, it seemed like he jumped over the crossbar and headed the ball and it was something, it was unbelievable. And just the, the way he dictated the game, it was, it was truly something special. Um, yeah. And yeah you you can just tell the these different things i i honestly was blessed to after that i also was blessed to play with him and i could oh, wow. in training sessions with with him um at the national team you could you could tell like it was it was a lot easier to to see that 
that. This, yeah. This yeah. is really special. It was Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, man. I mean yeah, I mean just just those those small differences at a young age. It was the same thing. I played against Jordan Morris and, and uh I was playing left back, he was playing right wing, dude, like dude, he blew by me. You know, uh, put in a cross. They ended up winning one zero, and I said to my teammates after the game, "This was like 15." I was like, "I'm telling you right now, that guy's gonna be playing big time football." Yeah, so, yeah, you, you just notice those things, man. Um, but yeah, I was gonna ask you best player you ever played with. So best player besides Weston that you played with, Tyler Adams. You got a squad that yeah. squad you played with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tyler Adams, he's. <laughs> engine you you see it yeah in leagues he's an engine and he's always when yeah. you talk about work ethic he's he's number one in my book yeah wins every second ball yeah. that guy is always in the right place man he if you look at his heat map it's just the whole field is, is yeah. painted there's yeah. not a, a blade yeah. of grass that he leaves untouched it's unbelievable yeah 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 dude Great to see, man. Uh, dream destination. Dream destination in terms of football? Football, yeah. I don't know if I should say it since I'm here in Portugal, but it would be Benfica. Oh, love it. Yeah. Love it. And then dream travel destination. Um, I'd like to go to Seoul, South Korea. It's That's a good call. I like... Uh, I like Asian culture a lot, and I, yeah, I would love to go out there and and go go check it out and see see that myself. Oh, sure. How about fa- favorite favorite uh va- favorite destination or vacation you've been on besides Portugal? It'd be I went to Turin and and Rome, Italy. Um, it yeah, was, yeah, it was definitely. Um, great i grew up loving italian culture as well and my sister especially even in new hyde park yeah, new york my sister <laughs> joked joked with me all the time saying that i was italian not portuguese so <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i could see that i could see that um f- favorite healthy meal favorite healthy meal yeah i would say Probably some some cod, baked cod with some some vegetables. Probably asparagus and and some potatoes. That's a good call, bro. So, with that being said, favorite cheat meal. Favorite cheat meal is probably going to be halal. Yeah, I love that's halal. A, that's a, good call. a little mix yeah. mix over rice. Yeah, that's a great call. And then last one, your favorite book. Favorite book, How to Make Your Bed. I I really enjoyed that one, and and I still I read that during COVID when I was when I was training, and I took uh, those things to to heart, and even to this day, I I, I still make my bed. I feel like when yeah, I was growing I gotta up, check that out. Yeah, when I was growing yeah. up, my mom would always yell at me to make my bed, and and I feel like ever since then. I read that book. I I always make my bed first. It's basically just start your day off with a win, and that's the first one. Exactly. 
Yeah. Now you're hitting the cold showers up. Yep. I, yeah, I used yeah. to hate cold showers. So always, I know I had a couple of teammates at Loyola that would take cold showers, and I would, oh, you're crazy for taking cold showers. I, I could never. Yeah. yeah. And now here I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So, yeah, last question of the day. You know, if, if you can go back to any age, you know, with the knowledge that you have today, 24, you know, playing two different countries, what age would you go to and what would you tell yourself? I think I'd go to my senior year in high school when I was 17 and I'd tell myself to take take it more serious than, than what you are and uh, and really apply yourself. And I think that having all this this knowledge and different experiencing different play styles of football and, and all this, this work ethic that, that I've instilled since then, I feel like I, I could be at a, at a much better level at that age. And maybe instead of going undrafted, maybe I could have signed a homegrown with, with Red Bulls mm. with, with the knowledge that I know now. So probably then. Mm. Mm. Yeah, man, makes a lot of sense. But I mean, obviously, as we always say, you know, you, you learn and, and can't make second guesses. So, yeah. Like you said before, you, you wouldn't be at where you're at right now without those experiences. So, yeah, yeah man, appreciate you having you on, man. Uh, you know, great story. And uh, you'd lo- love to hear, you know, how, how you persisted and, and, you know, you're doing well now. So appreciate it, man. Uh, if anyone wants to find you, you know, ask you some questions, where's the best place? Instagram? Uh, yeah, Instagram at Sarah McGold season. Perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that below in, yeah. in the description. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Good luck with the rest of the season and uh, the, the relegation battle. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me and, and it was great to, yeah. to hop on and finally chat with you. I feel like we've been cool. trying to get this for for months now. Glad we could finally make it happen. Absolutely, brother.